Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg. I'm here with Eli. Hi. Hi. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? I am great. Tell me what you've been watching. So Hive Mind has turned into like this three echo podcast where like Nick will watch something and tell us to watch it. And then the next week you watch it. And then the following week I watch it. So by the time I watch things, we've talked about it like two or three times. But I have to say a couple of things. I that I have now watched the Orange Years. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. About Nickelodeon. Let me tell you. Let me just echo what you guys have said. It is fantastic. If you had any experience with Nickelodeon in the 90s, do yourself the biggest favor and watch this. I was not prepared for just how like joyful and lovely of a watch it is and it is it's about it's about an industry that i supported as a child and usually when you know when you revisit these things there's like this dark underbelly and you're like well that's too bad that that thing sucked but nickelodeon in the 90s like did these kids right yeah they like you they they interview all of the people who were like building Nickelodeon and you get like a true sense that they were so protective of these kids. Yeah. And unlike the Disney Channel which I think exploits the kids to go through the Disney machine and they turn into the hot messes that they become, Nickelodeon felt the way at least they portrayed it, it really did feel like all these kind of theater nerds that would go to school and then after school they had like this fun little after school job. Yeah. And like none of them ever got super famous during the Nickelodeon phase and it felt like the network was kind of trying to protect them from becoming exploited in like the Disney kid way and then they interview all of them as adults and they all seem like really stable like nice normal people yeah it was just so it was so lovely to watch and I couldn't believe how happy it made me good so I think it was on Hulu is that right? That sounds right the orange just go watch it if you have any 90s experience with Nickelodeon I'm doing a rewatch of The Good Place. Oh, you are. Interesting. How is it? I don't know why I'm doing this. I've, I'm realizing once again, I do not care about the plot of this show, even from the beginning. I know. It got too plotty. It got really plotty. And so now that I'm going back, because the first time I watched the first season, I was intrigued. Like, where yeah. is the show going? Yeah. Now that I know where it goes, watching the first season, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about the characters. I think the character oh, development is kind of dumb. Yeah. But the jokes are good. Yeah. So it's a vehicle for jokes. And yeah. so I'm enjoying it enough to sort of do a quick spot check rewatch. Okay. And that's that's kind of it. Other than, the, I mean, the reason why I didn't have time for other things is because the film we chose to watch today somehow is nine hours long. Meg, I can't even. It was every time I, I it took me like four days to watch it, and every time I hit play, it'd be like they added another half hour since the last time I played. Like it just kept growing. <laughs> I got a text from you that was like, "Please help! I've been watching this for twenty four hours and it's still going." Like, yeah, that's. <laughs> That's right. It was worse than Titanic. Okay, but anyway, what have you been watching before we get into that? So we watched a Netflix movie that is the most non-movie I've ever seen in that. In fact, I watched it two weeks ago and completely forgot to mention it on Hive Mind because I just like I watched it and then my brain just it just like pooped it out like (laughs) that you know like when you need doritos and it was like this did nothing for me and now they're gone (laughs) that's what this movie the stowaway is it's about Uh a space mission um where they're going to mars Mm -hmm. and it stars tony collette and Mm -hmm. anna kendrick okay in a space drama (laughs) the worst casting 
I like Anna Kendrick. I do not like her as in a space drama. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is, there's a guy who fell asleep putting the missile together or the shuttle together, and now he's on board, and they don't have enough oxygen for everybody, and they've got to solve this problem. And it was like half a step away from being a good movie, but it just never, never. got there, gotcha. you know? And it was kind of interesting to watch, but it really ended, and you're like, I don't care mm-hmm. at all about anything that just happened <laughs> whatsoever. The most forgettable movie <laughs> Like, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it to see if I get anything else from it because it was remarkable how little this movie impacted me. I have to tell do you remember the movie Marvin's Room? Do you remember that film? Uh, Yeah, Meryl Streep. I don't even remember because what I'm going to tell you is this movie, Marvin's Room, I have started it probably 12 times in my life because I think I've never seen it. Yeah. And every time I get about halfway through it, I'm like, I've seen this movie. And as I say here today, I know that I've done that like 12 times yeah. with Marvin's Room. I could not tell you who's in it or what yeah, it's yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the most forgettable there movie. There are just yeah. some, you know. <laughs> and I guess there's a place for it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my son, Stan, is too and obsessed with cars. Obsessed. Like if it has four wheels and moves, mm. he wants to be a part of it. And we have watched Cars, the Pixar movie, one, two, and three. So many times. And so we were looking for a little variety and we were cruising around Netflix and there was a show called Corey Carson. I'll be damned if this is not the best show on television. It is the cutest thing I've ever seen. They are claymation cars who live in like a cars universe, you know, like they're just all existing with each other. And he goes to car school and the teacher's a school bus and his parents are like really great parents who are also cars. And instead of a front door, they have a garage and everything's low to the ground so they can get to it because they're cars. (laughs) I love this show so much Uh it's so funny i've watched every episode now multiple times and like i find myself stan will wander off and i'll just be on the couch watching Corey carson Mm -hmm. by myself because it's great so Corey carson on netflix there are three seasons Mm -hmm. you won't regret it lots of nudity violence (laughs) tvma (laughs) um and then we watched a movie that actually uh shug allison recommended called the kid detective call and it's starring adam brody and i think it's just a small it might have been a sundance but it's independent I loved it so much. It's about a kid who he was like a gumshoe, solved all the town's crimes when he was a kid. And then he grows up and he's still trying to be a detective, but he's 32 and he's depressed and his parents are like begging him to get a different job. And he's hired to solve a murder. Okay. And it it's dark and funny and really interesting and a very small cast with great characters. I really loved it. Okay. One of the best movies I've seen in a long time. You watched it where? I think we rented it on Amazon. You are you text me about this. You are right. That does sound like a terrible title. Yeah, the title really turned me off to it. I was you, like, I don't want to watch that. You told me, and I was like, I'm not going to watch Kid Detective. Yeah, That's, it sounds like uh, Harriet the Spy. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Terrible title. Do what you can to get past it and watch okay. The Kid Detective. Okay, we got an email a while ago uh, from a listener named Jerrica. And she titled it, My 2013 Grievance. And I'm going to read you the email in its full, well, this paragraph at least. Okay. 
The film adaptation of Les Mis with Hugh Jackman and Hathaway was, in my opinion, truly awful. There, I said it. I would have been totally fine with awesome actors acting out the story of Les Mis entered the 1998 film with Liam Neeson. But this thing that Hollywood does where they take non-singers and have them Mm. sing is annoying. But it went from annoying to offensive when they did it with Les Mis. One of the greatest musicals in the history of the world. I think a film centered around music, especially this music, should be performed by people who can act and sing really well. Guess who does that? Thousands of people besides Hugh and Anne and Russell. I'd way rather watch a new unknown face who can sing big than a big name who has a weak voice. I was also annoyed that they lean hard into the actor singing live as if it has never been done before. Mm. It was done all the time in early films. And again, people who act on stage and sing are doing it live all the time. The filming and editing were also pretty uncomfortable for me. I don't need to see a close-up of snot dripping down the face of an actor in order to feel the drama and sadness. The actors were good enough that I could have felt their pain. However, I was so distracted by their mediocre voices that I didn't care about their pain. Needless to say, I didn't make that many friends in 2013. I was always grateful for film critics who would echo similar grievances. It made me feel less crazy. So she wants us to talk about that. Look, I have a confession to make. Mm -hmm. I saw this in the theater in 2013. I cried, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm older. Mm -hmm. I'm wiser. I've seen Cats. (laughs) And I revisit this movie, and it's a complete train wreck. Uh Uh-huh. And I think having seen Cats and then going back and watching this, I'm like, you are a one-trick pony oh, and yeah. you don't even do that trick well. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I think I had a similar experience to you because when this came out, I loved, I love Les Mis so much that when it came out, I wanted so badly to like this that I think I convinced myself I did. Yeah, I think that's what we all did. And I had a couple of friends who had the same reaction as our emailer that were just like, no, this was terrible. I was very defa- I defended this film. Yeah. And I had not rewatched it until this weekend. I cannot even describe how much I hate this film. And I was really surprised by that. I will say the one thing I disagree with, and I know you and I are going to probably get into it on this. I think Anne Hathaway is probably one of the better parts of the movie. I And I do think she is a good singer, by the way. I think she's uh, one of the only people in the film that is actually a singer. Yeah. Hugh Jackman... It makes me angry in this. He is so bad. And I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone because I remember even at the time critics who hated this film were like, at least Hugh Jackman. And I and I rewatched this and I was I was mad watching this because so many of the Jean Valjean numbers are like so powerful and so good. And then Hugh Jackman shows up and Who am I? And yeah. it's just like I can't even enjoy like the best parts of this musical and this crappy movie because Hugh Jackman is ruining it. There's one day more, right? Yeah. Where there it's the day before the revolution, the attempted revolution, and it's all the different characters coming in with the different things that they're anticipating and they're harmonizing and it's like spiritual. It's like yeah. a spiritual song. And they have Russell Crowe come in and they have Hugh Jackman come in and it sounds like a fifth grade production. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, find a singer. Yeah. This is, like she said, this is a musical centered on, it's all singing. Yes. It's not like there's occasionally, it's not like La La Land, you know? Which, I, that I, that was my biggest complaint about La La Land. I love me, Emma Stone forever, but she's not a singer, yeah. and that movie w- could have really improved with a singer. Right. But yes, you're right, this is a thousand times worse. This is all singing. Like, hire Adele, you know? Hire mm. somebody who can Oh, that would have been so- Sing. Um, Hire Beyonce. I, you know what I want? I want this movie remade, and I want Javert to be played by Jack Black. 
Don't at me. I think he would be incredible. It would be good because he can sing. Because he's an incredible singer. And I want Zac Efron to play the Eddie Redmayne part. Russell Crowe isn't even trying to sing. No. <laughs> Not even an attempt. Ugh. He's talking loud. He's ta- he's talking loud at an odd cadence. That's all he's doing. Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing, though. I love Les Mis, yeah. so I still enjoyed myself. You enjoyed watching this? It was funny, and I love the story of Les Mis. There's, okay, there is some good casting in this film. Gavroche. Gavroche is great. He is great. Helena Bottom Carter, I think, great. is oh, great and Sasha casting. Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Their job great. is easy. The, the problem is, and this is when it hit me the hardest, that the live singing was a stupid idea. There is so much going on in the innkeeper scene, the master of the house scene. It is so loud. It is so chaotic. They are, they're giving the energy that is required of that part. I cannot understand a word that they're saying because they're doing this. They're being forced to do this live singing. And I was like... Helena Bonham Carter and Sasha Baron Conan would have g- given a perch p- uh, pitch perfect scene if they were not required to sing this live. Yeah, I watched it with closed captionings, and that helped. Fine. In fact, that in fact, I think that's why I liked it because I was treating it like karaoke. Okay, I could sing along with everything because <laughs> the lyrics were right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, much to my family's annoyance, but it was Mother's Day, so they had to shut up about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still was like, oh yeah, lame is. I did have to listen. To the cast recording, like, original London, just to, like, get their voices out of my head. Okay, and I think maybe this is part of why I hated the film so much this time. When I saw it in 2013, Les Mis was not something I regularly listened to. It's like I had seen it when I was younger and I loved it. And then I, many years later, saw the film and I was Mm -hmm. like, this is great. And after that film came out, I downloaded or, like, purchased the album of, like, the famous cast recording from, like, 1989 or whenever it was. And I will periodically listen to that. Like, I'll go for a bike ride and be like, I kind of want to listen to Les Mis. And so that has, for the last, like, decade gotten into my brain yeah. and I'm like and it's good it's so good so putting on the movie and he, and hearing that while my brain is like get ready for great soundtrack and then uh, out walks Hugh Jackman and he's like blah, 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 blah. and I just I think that that was so jarring for me to hear that I was like oh this sucks a lot yeah and I just want to go listen to the album on my phone now I know and so my question is why was it because they couldn't make this movie unless there were stars like people wouldn't go see it? Yeah, or the studio wouldn't greenlight it if there weren't big names attached to it? I wonder and I mean, can we think of an example of a of a film musical that's done well that didn't have big stars cast in all the I mean main Steven roles? Spielberg's um West Side Story doesn't have big stars in it, but also it's Steven Spielberg. In the Heights coming out soon. No, West Side Story. Oh, in the Heights. Oh also, yeah. Also, I yeah. think I mean has some big stars, but they are actual Broadway singers, right? I know nothing about that movie. Okay, sorry. So La La Land was a big hit, but but again, it's not it's not a musical, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's songs in it, but it's not. So, Phantom. What did Phantom do? I oh, I don't even remember so who's bad. in that. Emmy Rossum. Okay. I, and I, I'm also kind of like, why? Why make mm-hmm. this a movie? Yeah. And the Liam Neeson version is good because it's just the story of Les Mis, which is a Victor Hugo novel. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a story before it's a play. So if you're going to tell the story of Les Mis, it doesn't have to be a musical. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree I mean, with maybe that. leave the musical on the stage. If Cats taught us every, anything, <laughs> it's that not all musicals should be movies. And some musicals should be watched late at night. 
that's what cats taught us. Yes. Because it's funnier the later it is at night. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there's something to that. And maybe like, I don't know. It's always going to be an uphill battle if you take a beloved musical and try and turn it into a film. Because yeah. the expectations are going to be really high. Be- well, and this is a beloved, beloved. Yeah. musical. And when people see hear that something is being taken from a stage and putting it on film, you want to see the magic of film being incorporated into this story. Yeah. You want to see a, something that a stage can't show you. And all we saw was giant faces. Giant faces just Crying. like right into, you know, right into their faces. And it's like, no, this is a movie. You can actually, you can actually show a revolution happening. Right. Like you could show some really cool revolution scenes instead of just like panning up and down to the guy in the window and the guy on the ground looking into one another's eyes, singing while they're crying and snot yeah. coming out of their noses. Yeah. Like I, I don't, need that no. I can get a community production that does that i know right who, who do you think was the most poorly cast uh, I, I think hugh jackman is the most poorly cast what's wild to me is that he went on to do the greatest showman another just fantastic film but i mean like <laughs> he's who watched Les Mis and was like let's put this guy in more singing roles this is why i feel like i'm in the twilight zone because i know so many people are like but hugh jackman at least hugh jackman and i just don't get it no i don't think he's good in this. i don't think this man sings i despise eddie redmayne <laughs> despise him it's so funny because his character is this is he in this is the exact same character in the trial of the chicago seven like young uh-huh political rebel rouser he's and he's so annoying he's to so me. earnest he's so earnest with his freckles so this is one of the things i was going to say about this film i think part of why this film was so bad is because they took a story that is a tragic like dramatic story and they made it even more weepy and so like the film feels really weepy and earnest and dramatic and there it feels like they're making Jean Valjean like this Christ figure in a way that I don't th- any production that I've seen live of this has not gone nearly as far with His that death symbolism last 40 minutes. Oh, it's so it, it's like so over the top and like God lover I love Anne Hathaway. I know we've talked a lot about Anne Hathaway. I think she's I think she is trying really hard in this film. She's going 20% too hard. That's what Anne Hathaway does in every film. You think so? Name a film where Anne Batman. Hathaway doesn't go too hard. Batman. You think, think she, she doesn't go too hard in Batman? I don't. As Catwoman? I do not. Rachel getting married? I don't think she goes oh, too hard. Oh, I never saw that. Rachel getting married. She's great in it. Okay. Um Yeah, I I think I think she's not going too hard until I dreamed a dream. I think that song is when it's too much. It's too dramatic. It is dramatic. She like breaks down in the middle and you're like, okay, and like pull it together. You got to get through this number. I mean, homegirl is obviously talented. Yeah. And she earned that Oscar. I'll I'll say that much. I really wanted, um, what's her name from Lincoln to win that year. And so I was kind of like, meh. But Sally Field. Sally Field was in Lincoln. She was nominated for um, Best Supporting Actress for Lincoln. I do not remember that, but yeah, she's, give it to she's, Sally. She's great in that. <laughs> um, and so, and Anne Hathaway. It's a it's a pretty short part, but she goes for it. She sure does. She sure does. They pull out her teeth, which isn't even part of the musical. Makes it even more dramatic. Oh, yeah. yo, um, I did think that that part was. I don't know. I don't know. There were parts of this where I was like, visually, this is interesting. And like her, like turning to prostitution, like the lighting and stuff was kind of interesting. I was like, okay, this is a movie. I'm into it. And then she does that number and she's all snotty and crying and it's just her face. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, but what are we doing here? Yeah. I'm, am I going to be looking at these faces for two and a half hours? Because mm-hmm. this is a lot of yeah. face, you know? Do you, okay, so we, I, I cut you off a minute ago about casting. Any other good pa- good and bad casting? I mean, Eponine's great, but Eponine was the Broadway She's, star. Eponine is so good at She's this. also the best character in the play. Eponine is the best character in the play. And they really made the right choice in getting the actual Broadway performer to play Eponine. Now, had she, was she playing Eponine in Broadway? I thought I always thought she like played Cosette, but they recast oh, her. Oh, I don't know. I just know she was in the Broadway production. Yeah, I may be wrong about that. I did know that she was in the Broadway produ- production, and I, I think I had heard at one point that it was as Cosette, not as... Okay, that's interesting. But Eponine is for sure. She's the... I think her character has the most depth. Maybe yeah. beside Jean Valjean, you get a lot of his backstory and a lot of his, like, you know, he gets a ton of screen time. But for not having that much screen time, you you learn a lot about Eponine. Yeah. And you really don't learn very much about Cosette. No, Cosette she's is just pretty. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing, is she's pretty. And Amanda Seyfried, I'm not mad about her no, being she's, in this. No, she's great in this. She's And it's, it's especially interesting, because I feel like when Amanda Seyfried was in this, I didn't think of her as like a serious or very good actor, but now I know that now she's I've, good. now I know she's yeah. very good, and she she just was nominated for an Oscar a few months ago, and it was kind of interesting going back with like sort of a different perspective and respect on her. Where I was like, oh, Amanda Seyfried, glad to see you. I in also this. think she actually can sing too because she did Mamma Mia's. Okay, so I mean, and because I, I don't think her songs are interesting. I don't yeah. think the part's interesting. Yeah, um, her songs are pretty boring, but she she did great with what she had. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we haven't talked about Russell Crowe very much. I just, I just put Jack Black. That's all I'm saying. Russell Crowe doesn't need to be in this. If I'm Russell Crowe and you give me this script and you say I need you to sing it, I say no, thank you. That's going to be a disaster. This isn't really my what thing. What bill did he have to pay where he agreed to do this? I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Who? Okay. If if we have to cast this with big stars, who could we replace Jean Valjean or uh, Hugh Jackman with? I've been racking my brain. You know, I think that part of the problem was that they cast all white people for this, you know? And I think if Mm -hmm. you open that up, you could get some really interesting voices. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just just keep thinking of music names. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know... Frank Ocean or someone like someone just interesting and different. So, so it, to that point, I don't know if this is like an unpopular take. I think uh, Evita, like 1996's Evita, is actually a really great musical to film. Yeah, and it start and they cast Madonna. And whether you like the musical Evita or not, you cannot watch that and not acknowledge the madonna is incredible in it yeah she's really good at her that. voice is amazing the energy she brings to it is perfect they they could do that because madonna is an icon right like she's a huge huge name so it's not like they went and got somebody from broadway and they're like hope people show up even though no one most of the viewing audience has never heard of this person right so like could they have done that with les mis where they get like a beyonce like get these big names that are like they're singers they're not, you know, Madonna was an actor as well, though, and like had actually a pretty decent acting career. I know. So maybe See, that that's, was the sweet spot. That's, that's where my argument can maybe fall apart is I this does require acting as well as singing. And mm-hmm. and then we have the you need a star problem, which, again, my argument is just don't make the movie. Mm-hmm. Leave it to Broadway. But if you had to do it, could someone like Adele 
pull off the acting aspect of this? Could Beyonce show the emotion in her face necessary to believe that she's about to die and she's worried that her daughter is not going to be taken care of? I don't know. Well, I will say, I think, okay, I'm I'm saying this on the spot, so I might be wrong. I might rethink this. I think that you could get away more with singing really well but not being a great actor in something like this as so? opposed to the other way around. Okay. I think somebody comes in and they just like nail it on a song. People aren't going to be like, yeah, but her facial expressions were kind of stupid. Like people are just going to be like, that was so powerful. Sure. But like we're doing the other way around right now. Yeah. We're like Russell Crowe, like he doesn't sing and Hugh Jackman ruined beloved songs because he yeah. can't sing. Yeah. And like... I believe that if this was not a musical, I probably would have been like, Hugh Jackman was great in that. But the reason why I'm mad about him is because he ruined the songs that he I wanted ruined to the hear. Songs. I yeah. told Steven yesterday, it's really not very fair because we we all enjoy singing. Yeah. But only a select few of us are actually good at it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of life's cruelest joke mm-hmm. that there's this activity we all enjoy but no one wants to hear anyone else do it unless you're like one of these very specific yeah. people <laughs> yeah. and none of these people are those people oh yeah you know yeah they have everything in the world money fame yeah good looks they can't sing sorry they can't sing we're not gonna let you have this thing too if if the and and understanding that about yourself is a strength If they had come to me, if they came to me right now and they're like, we want you to be one of the background singers and master the house, I'd be like, ooh, not a good idea. But you know what I can do? The lighting. I'll help with the lighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Relatedly, the ensemble in this is great. Like, uh, one day more, when it's just the ensemble, I'm like, oh, great, love it, great. And then Hugh Jackman comes in. I was like, dang it. Yeah. You ruined it. Yeah. You know, this could have been good. I, I've read uh, this weekend because I was curious. I looked up a few things and I read that filming this was a, a true nightmare for all of the actors. Oh, tell me why. Largely because of the having to sing live. Yeah. So they would show up. And when you are actually on Broadway and you do a show a day, you know, several days a week, that's hard enough. Yes. That's hard enough on your voice. They're showing up and Anne Hathaway is doing I Dreamed a Dream for 12 hours hours they're showing up and hugh jackman is singing bring him home for an entire day yeah and they're doing this day after day and it is destroying their voices um several of the actors well anne hathaway and hugh jackman like lost a ton of weight for the role we're like super unhealthy and i know anne hathaway has talked about how that was really unhealthy and she's kind of had mixed feelings looking back on like what she put her body through for this. Right. And it just, it sounds like uh, everything that I read about it did not sound like people were like, and what a great fun thing we were a part of. It was more just like, that was a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Glad we got through that. And it's just, it's too bad that all of that struggle produced a movie like this. And I just think it speaks to Tom Hooper's arrogance. Like, I don't know a guy. He might be really nice. But I just, why was that necessary? Mm -hmm. What were you trying to accomplish? Headlines? There. Is it just headlines? So is it a gimmick? You know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, they sang live. I don't care. It's a movie. I'm not expecting any. If I wanted to see them sing live, I would go to the play. I only want it to look like they're singing live. Right. Which is movie magic. Yeah. The whole point is that you can go back and edit it later. You mm-hmm. know, everybody lip syncs. Why are we doing this? Yeah. 
frustrating. Yeah. And then you watch Cats and you're like, you suck. You freaking suck. <laughs> what else has he done be- besides those? The King's Speech. Oh, that's a good film. I it like is the a good speech. film. It's not does a musical. He, does he work with Helena Bottom Carter a lot? I mean, yeah. I guess those are two I films you know, we've named. Britain. It's small over there. They all work Everybody's together. Everybody's at everything. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it does feel like Helena Bottom if Carter. If they're in Harry Potter, they're in 90 other British movies yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 I want to talk about Les Mis overall. Okay. The, uh, pretending this movie never happened. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I grew up on the soundtrack. Yep. I saw the play when I was in middle school and just loved it so, so much. I feel like it took this watching for me to actually understand what it's about. Oh. Okay. I don't know. I think that I just was the wrong ages maybe to really get it. And now I'm like, oh, this play wants me to vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. In a way that like kind of hit me more than it ever had before. And I think it's so funny how many, how universally loved this play is when it's actually like pretty radical. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how many, how many pieces of art are like that where we all don't really pay attention to what's really going on? Like newsies, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like (laughs) everybody loves this, but are like very opposed to the ideas it represents. Yeah. I love Les Mis for that. Yeah. It's, I, and I think part of it is Les Mis is a long, complicated story. Yeah. Like if you were, if you were to be like, tell me the plot of Les Mis in five, in two sentences, I'd be like, oh, that I can't. Because it's kind of like four different stories yeah. that are happening over a very long period of time with a lot of characters that I would have to introduce to you to tell you about the the plot and i think because of that a lot of people are familiar with the music and like basic parts of the plot you know cosette falls in love with marius yeah there's like that love story and then she i dreamed a dream and you know and yeah. Jean valjean he's he adopts the girl to save her and they're not piecing I, I think a lot of people are not piecing together like this is a whole story where like the french revolution is affecting you know all these people's lives and the the causes of the french revolution are affecting people to act in in different ways and showing these injustices and like i dreamed a dream is actually like a horrifying sequence about <laughs> and an indictment on society that like took this woman who's trying to make her way and like threw her into prostitute yeah. forced prostitute you know like yeah. i think I, I like you i remember this film when i watched it in 2013 or whenever it was that was the first time i was like oh <laughs> where before that and i had like seen it in productions and i'm like oh great i like this song yeah, too they're you in know? france <laughs> get rush similarly the sound of music it didn't hit me until just a few years ago that there was like a fight happening between nazis and like the kingdom of austria right, or whatever right, right, right. <laughs> like the monarchy and like there were like these competing factions because like all growing up i was like i don't know nice nun shows up helps the kids and <laughs> no. then they flee away because and that's time. fine if yeah. that's how you consume it that's fine. fine i just think the older i get the more i'm like oh <laughs> oh okay <laughs> you know like history Get it. Okay, I got it. And yeah. This is pretty dark. Pretty okay, dark. This is a life is hard and it's been hard for a long time. Yeah. Poor people have always had it pretty hard. Yeah. Maybe we'll take up the minimum wage. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know. I I agree with Jerica who emailed. I think that this is an abomination. And I think that if you're going to make a musical, you should cast uh, people with musical talent. And if that's not possible, you should not make the musical. Yeah. Because it's not going to be well received. I, I don't know. I remember Roger Ebert hated this and it was one of his last reviews. Oh, interesting. But I think other critics liked it. Mm. 
So I think it was mixed, and then Anne Hathaway won her Oscar. Yeah. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Was it a box office success? I, think I assume so. it was. I think so. I felt and like I it was huge. And I think that's what <laughs> that's what gave the studio confidence that Tom Hooper could do Cats. Oh <laughs> was Cats a box office success? No. It was. It was is a flop. Yeah. I, I mean, I just wondered I mean, there if are enough freaks people like us who yeah. went and loved it because yeah. it was hilarious, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of America didn't was not interested in that. I think Cats has to be the most entertaining, terrible movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it, uh... I, I mean, Les Mis ended yesterday and Steven was like, well, turn on Cats. And I was like, ah, I can't even do that as a bit right now. Like, you yeah. really have to be in a specific mood, mm-hmm. like punchy, mm-hmm. you know, for Cats to hit, right? Because otherwise it is. Yeah. Too bad. Unwatchable. Too bad to watch. <laughs> and obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. The mu- But I mean, the thing that Cats or that Les Mis at least has going forward is I like the songs. Yes. Cats, I don't even like the songs like in any context. <laughs> They're so stupid. It's so bad. Oh, and there's that sexy cat. Oh, we just need to do a separate cats episode. No, yeah. I can't watch. I can't sit through it again. Yeah. Um, I yeah, it's too bad. If you're gonna make Les Mis, don't do it like this. Uh huh. Amen. It did make me want to go see Les Mis again, and Hell Center Theater is doing it, and they're completely sold out. Okay, I I will tell you this: people have been making fun of this that Hell Center Theater is doing it. Why are they? Fun of it. Because people like uh, making fun of Health Center Theater. Why? I don't know, but community few, theater. Hey, listen. Community, community theater, theater is great important. and important, and we have lots of talented people okay. here. I am telling you right now, and I don't care. You guys can cancel me on Twitter over this or wherever you'll get you engage with this. I don't care. A few years ago, probably 2014, 2015, um, Les Mis was at Health Center Theater. Yeah. JoLynn. You know, our friend Jolyn, yeah. she went to it, called me and was like, we, you have to come. I want to go again. Come with me. She's yeah. like, it was incredible. We went. I have been to great stuff on Broadway. What happened at Health Center Theater in 2014, the Les Mis production was as good as anything I've seen anywhere. Really? Like I was, I went in thinking like community production, you know, yeah. it'll be fine. I was blown away. It was 1,000 times better than this film. The singers were so, so good. Yeah. And it was kind of the first time where I was like, oh, I wonder, has like the Wasatch Front, like Salt Lake Valley grown enough that we're now like getting regular, like really good? Because when we were kids, community production was a different thing, I think, than it is now. My grandpa was Scrooge in Hell Center Theater's production of The Christmas Carol like mm-hmm. 20 years in a row. Okay, for example. Yeah, I mean he and he was great. I, I assume he was great. Yeah. but like I think that I think that they're able to tap into like a better level of talent, and certainly the budget has grown. Yes, because when I was a yes. kid, they were like, I mean, it was almost like going to the local church and sitting on yeah, and folding fun. chairs in the gym. Fun, and but... they actually do Shakespeare in the summer, which is fun. Okay, but yeah, you're not like I'm going to pay a hundred dollars a ticket for this. Yeah. It's more like I kind of want to support local theater. So if you have not seen Les Mis at Hell Center theater all i'm asking you is to not make fun of it until you go and see i mean it. i want to go so bad they're yeah. completely sold out yeah if anyone has a ticket hit me up hit meg up um i'll do something she'll, great for she'll you. look down yes look down what's your favorite song what is my favorite song 
I mean, like, it's so hard to compare that. Like, I love Master of the House, but, like, that hits different. When I was a than, kid, that was, I would listen to that one over and over. Yeah, like, Bring Him Home is, like, a beautiful number. Yeah. But I don't, like, want to go dancing at the club to no. bring him home. No. Yeah. What's your favorite? Probably One Day More. Well, one Day More. I mean, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'll go listen to the soundtrack again. Um, thank you so much, Jerrica, for writing in. Again, if you have suggestions uh, for what you want us to cover here on the podcast, email me, Meg, at HiveMindHQ.com or Meg at TheBeehive.com. Either email works. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to our newsletter, HiveMind.Substack.com. Right now on the Patreon, we are recapping Mayor of Easttown. The new HBO Kate Winslet murder show. That's uh, really great. Emily and I are doing that on the Patreon. You can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hivemindhq. And we will be back next week. Goodbye. (laughs) 